Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 111-112 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs' hot shooting from deep and the Hawks' inability to score in crunch time dooms the Hawks as they lose a tough fourth-quarter battle with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks had a chance to get a win away at Cleveland and just were not unable to finish the job. They wasted a really nice performance by Kevin Herter, who I think had one of his best games this season, and just let a Cleveland Cavalier team that's really struggling, had lost 10 in a row, uh, off the hook. That was a combination of really strong shooting from the Cleveland Cavaliers, but also I thought there was some poor decision-making down the end by Trey Young and just an inability to get easy offense going for the Hawks. Um, In the fourth quarter, it came down to the Hawks were up one with under a minute to go, and they got a floater from Trey Young. We'll actually go through the last three possessions for the Hawks. The Hawks were up one, um, and Trey came down and missed a three-pointer that would have really put the game away. Uh, He dribbled the clock down to under 10 seconds, took a deep three. It just didn't go in. Um, The next time down, Trey Young came down, got to his floater, and it just didn't go in. Um, What's deeply disappointing about those two possessions is the Hawks were in the bonus. They were in the bonus for a lot of the fourth quarter, and Trey Young's one of the best players at getting fouls. And the Cavs did have an immaculate first quarter. They somehow fouled the Hawks zero times in the first quarter. But after that, the Hawks had been done a good job of getting to the free throw line. The Hawks ended the game with 23 free throw attempts. They made 17 of those. Of course, all those misses came back to haunt the Hawks. But um, Trey Young was not able to draw a foul in the last minute. He tried to, except for that three-pointer, which I thought was you know, a Trey dagger trying to end the game there, um, except for that possession. The last two, Trey tried to get into the paint and draw a foul and was unable to. Um, the next possession down, he got to his floater that he normally hits, and it just didn't go in. He followed. He got his own shot. He then had a... Uh, I thought subpar defender on him and he tried to get a foul there, but he kind of got the guy up in the air, but wasn't able to get a foul and then tried a wild uh, finger roll and the finger roll didn't fall. Um, Finally, in the last possession, the Cavs had come down and the Hawks had let just a dunk uh, happen with four seconds left to put the Cleveland Cavaliers up one. Trey came down the court, lost track of time, tried to get it to uh, Tony Snell, who has been one of the hottest shooters for the Hawks, um, but by the time Tony had gotten the ball, the, the clock had expired and the Hawks had lost, and it was just a brutal loss, uh, especially the Hawks built kind of their biggest lead in the fourth quarter. They were able to get up by seven a few times and really just dribble it away, and then just to have this poor decision-making, the Hawks lost a timeout when on one of those possessions, Trey sort of just got knocked out of bounds, and before he went out of bounds, he called the Hawks' final timeout. Um, and then ultimately didn't get a very good shot off after that timeout. Um, So brutal, brutal loss at the end of the game, and one uh, you can look back on at, you know, the shot shot attempts from Trey. One of those floaters is a shot Trey hits 99% of the time. His floater has been so good, he hits that all the time, and he got two opportunities to hit his floater and didn't get it. I thought that three-pointer was a little ambitious, but that's Trey Young right now. Um, he's going to have to figure out how to operate in these close close game situations, especially when the Hawks are ahead. And then finally, losing track of time as the leader of your team, you just can't do that. 
Um, after the game, Trey said that he knew that there was only four seconds left, um, and he thought he had time to get it up to Tony Snell, but that just wasn't the case. And you'd you'd really want your uh, fast point guard, who's so deft at getting to the basket and drawing fouls, to just take the ball all the way up the court and at least get a shot at the rim and really pressure the other team to uh, either commit a foul or play really good defense. Now, the Cleveland Cavaliers had 10 blocks in the game. Jared Allen, who came over to Cleveland in the um, James Harden trade that sent James Harden up to the Nets, Jared Allen found his way to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he was part of those 10 blocks. And Trey, in particular, got his shot blocked by multiple different Cleveland Cavaliers multiple times in this game. Um, The rookie Okoro got a block on Trey. Garland, I think, got a block on Trey. And um, it seemed like the... Cavs just had a beat on what Trey was trying to do getting in the paint but brutal way to close the game I think the most frustrating part is this was an absolutely winnable game and the Hawks just blew it but the frustrating part for me is the Hawks why were the Hawks why was this game even close the Hawks found themselves down yet again in the first quarter after playing a really strong first quarter um, they found themselves down two uh, or down one at, at the end of one. They had been outscored 27-28 to 28 after building a seven-point lead in the first quarter. And then they gave, the Cavs started the second quarter on a 13-0 run, primarily against the second unit. And that second unit was in a zone that just did not work against the Cavs. Um, and, and something that would come up multiple times in this game, the Hawks just didn't get out and really contest three-point shooters. The Cavs are not a good three-point shooting team, but all NBA players can make threes if there's no one in the airspace near them when they're getting threes. And a lot of these threes the Cavs were taking were uncontested. Um, the Cavs ultimately shot 54% from the three-point line. They were 15 of 28. And if you go through and look at these uh, three-pointers, now they, they hit timely ones. They made seven of their first eight threes, and then they made five of their last six threes. But frankly, the defensive effort was really weak getting out to these threes. I don't know if it was the defensive concepts that the Hawks were trying to execute, but they left good three-point shooters open. And even when you leave poor three-point shooters open, again, if there's not a hand in someone's face, then it's not really, it it makes it that much easier for an NBA player to hit that three-pointer. But down the stretch, early in the game, again, to start the second quarter, um, the Hawks went to a zone with the second unit, and it did not work at all. I thought Danilo Gallinari in particular in the zone is brutal. The Cavs did a good job of attacking the corner in that situation, and Gallo was just slow getting out there. And uh, the Cavs were able to hit some short corner threes and really just drain it and push a 13-point lead. Um, The Hawks went to their starters pretty damn quickly in the second quarter. They ultimately rode most of their starters for like 10 minutes in that quarter, and the starters got the game all the way back within three but there is no reason the Hawks should have been down after one quarter, should have been down after two quarters, and they just didn't play well enough to build a lead. Again, Kevin Herter had a really nice game. Kevin Herter played 37 minutes, was 8 of 14 from the field, was being aggressive shooting the three ball. He was 4 of 8 from three-point land, 2 of 2 on free throws, had an assist. He had four steals, including a steal with under a minute to go that seemed like it was going to give the Hawks an opportunity to stretch the one-point lead to three and make it a one pass you know, stretch that one possession lead to a full one possession. Um, And he was a team high. The Hawks were plus 21 when Kevin Herter was on the court. Um, The Hawks, you know, that's an awesome effort, especially with no Cam Reddish, who was uh, an out out for this game, did not play. Just awesome effort from Kevin Herter. 
But the second unit did not play particularly well, especially in their first stint. And then, you know, the Hawks ended up losing John Collins. John Collins didn't play in the second half because of a concussion protocol or the Hawks were holding him out because he might have had a concussion in a play again that was ridiculous where the Cavs were in transition, got the ball all the way to the basket. Um, the guy misses the layup. They call a foul. They initially called the officials initially call a foul on John Collins, who gets hammered in the head by one of the Cavs players' elbows so bad that uh, John, who is one of the more resilient players, has to take a step off the court, is holding his head, holding his hands up uh, in a, a move that I think he, you know, deserved. He's just, I don't know what John needs to do to get free throws, but he just is unable to get them or get any respect from the officials. And that was going to be his third foul early in the second quarter. Now they had a timeout, and the officials got the call, I guess, right by moving the foul over to Skylar Mays. I don't know if Mays even fouled the guy on that drive. but And John Collins came back in. But uh, we didn't see John Collins play the second half. And John Collins had a great game in 13 and a half minutes. Collins was 5 of 6 from the field, 1 of 1 from 3-point land, hit his two free throws for 13 points, had three rebounds and one assist. And in the first quarter, when the Hawks built their lead, it was Trey Young getting rebounds and John Collins running the court. Trey Young had a three-quarters court alley-oop to John Collins. The Cavs had zero, I repeat, zero answer for John Collins, and the Hawks were unable to play him because of a foul on the Cavs that was uncalled. And uh, we'll see if John Collins is able to go tonight against the Celtics, but I'm not holding my breath, and it just continues to be infuriating that John Collins can't get any sort of respect. I think it's because of how good he is around the basket and how he's able to bounce off guys and still finish. And officials do a lot of the, oh, he makes the shot. I'm not going to call the foul. Um, but it's just infuriating. But So the the Hawks didn't have John Collins in the second half, and that certainly hurt um, after his good game. Tony Snell was moved up to the starting lineup. He played 33 minutes, 4 of 7, 3 of 5 from three-point land, 11 points. He had two blocks for the Hawks. Clint Capella was all right, 6 of 13 from the field. And some of those misses for Clint Capello were brutal right at the basket, especially early in the game. Trey had some great passes to get uh, Capello looks right at the basket, and he couldn't make them. Clint Capello was 0 of 2 from the free throw line. And at the end of the game, uh, Coach Pierce went to Gallinari instead of Capello because he felt like he didn't want the Cavaliers to have an easy foul opportunity on Clint Capello instead of having a you know 94% free throw shooter in Gallinari. Uh, on the dunk that the Cavs had to take the lead, Gallinari was right there, and I don't know if he didn't want to leave his man or whatever, but just gave up the dunk. Um, I think when at ends of games, especially when Clint Capella is the defensive defense for the Hawks, you got to have Capella out there. If he misses, misses the free throws and you lose that way, at least you lose with your best players. I just don't think the Hawks can roll with Danilo Gallinari by himself at the five uh, at end of games, but... Clint Capella was 6 of 13. He had 16 rebounds, another another um, double-double for uh, Clint Capella. Seven offensive rebounds. He had a steal and a block. Um, and that the starting unit, you know, is finished up by Trey Young, who played 39 minutes, looked exhausted at the end, took three offensive fouls. He took two charges on uh, Colin Sexton. He was 9 of 7 from the field, 1 of 7 from three-point land, 9 of 13 from free throw line. I can't believe he missed four free throws. He had 28 points, 12 assists, a rebound, and five turnovers. Five turnovers is, is totally fine if he's going to have 12 assists. 
Um, I just thought at the end of the game, some of his decision-making was pretty pretty brutal. And for Trey to shoot one of seven from three-point land and for the Hawks as a team to shoot 45%, the Hawks were 14 of 31 from three-point land, that's a big, you know, big win. The Hawks had really strong shooting nights. Again, uh, Kevin Herter was right there. Tony Snell continues to shoot lights out from three-point land. Uh, Solomon Hill had a really strong night off the bench shooting two of two from three-point land. And the Hawks got threes from both Skylar Mays and Rajon Rondo. Rondo came back and played. He was all right. He had one of his classic Rondo moments where he got all the way to the basket and ultimately passed and didn't take the shot. But he was the next two possessions. Rondo did a good job of being extremely aggressive and made two strong layups that helped push the lead to seven in the fourth quarter. He was part of the 11-3 run the Hawks had in the fourth quarter to build a lead. Um, Skylar Mays played well. I thought one of the best plays of Skylar Mays had was uh, Rajon Rondo hit one of the layups, probably got fouled. They didn't call it. Rondo gets wiped out, and the Cavs are pushing the ball. And Skylar tries to take a charge on Colin Sexton uh, as Rondo's not going to be able to get back before the the Cavs get their offense going. He didn't get the charge. It was a nice attempt. He didn't like flagrant foul Colin or anything. And Colin actually sort of laughed at the attempt, but it was a really smart, I thought veteran play that the Hawks have not had. Most of the fouls to stop um, fast breaks have been Danilo Gallinari or Solomon Hill. And for some just ridiculous reason, most of them feel like they come with the Hawks already over the foul limit and sending players to the free throw line. But Really nice plays from Skylar Mays. I thought he might have been the player that should have stayed in when Rajon Rondo uh, stayed in with the starters when um, subs came in in the fourth quarter. But strong performance from the rookie. Akongu had a nice little stint. He didn't get on the scoring, uh, on the stat sheet from scoring. He had one steal. Um, He's still fouling a little bit too much. I thought one of the three pointers, he didn't get out fast enough on the guy who was shooting the ball, but he's still getting his feet under him. I am sure if John Collins had been available, Okongwu would not have had as many minutes as he did. But uh, it, I think it's very beneficial for both Mays and Okongwu to continue to get solid minutes. For the Cavs, Colin Sexton really played well. He had 29 points, 18 in the first half. He was 3 of 5 from three-point land, had five assists. He did have five fouls and six turnovers. Two of those fouls were just great defensive efforts from Trey Young. Trey Young was able to uh, come off of his man and take charges. Colin is so aggressive. He really pushes the ball up the court, and it's one of his best qualities. But to see Trey really get out there and do what he can on defense and take those charges was impressive. Um, the other half of the Sexland backcourt, uh, Darius Garland had 17 points. He was just one of five from three-point line, but he had eight assists. And I thought he did a nice job of getting the Cavs offense going and finding three-point shooters. Um the guy who just destroyed the Hawks from three-point land was Dylan Windler, second-year player who didn't play at all last season because of a broken leg. The guy can shoot, and he was 5 of 5 from three-point land, 15 points, had five rebounds and assists, a steal, and two blocks. Uh, Windler just destroyed the Hawks in the fourth quarter. And the most frustrating part was a couple of times he was just not even really guarded. The Hawks lost Cavs shooters in the corner. Uh, Isaac Okoro, the rookie for the Cavs had a wide open three-pointer, literally no one within five feet drained it in the corner in the fourth quarter. And then Windler had three threes in the fourth quarter that just really were brutal and helped bring the Cavs back. The only way the Cavs were going to get back into this game were was by the Hawks players not getting out to three-point shooters, and that's exactly what they did. Um, so really just awesome game from Windler. 
Lamar Stevens had the game tying game winning dunk, I should say. And in transition after Trey had missed his shot, the Cavs didn't take a timeout. They went all the way up to court. Uh, Solomon Hill was like out of position and tried to just rush uh, Colin Sexton. So there were two guys on Sexton. Sexton made a pass to Stevens. And again, the whole lane opened up. Trey, Matador defense. Gallo didn't step up and challenge, and Stevens just got a dunk, and that was that was pretty much the game. Um, he was, for the Cavs, he was a team high plus 12. The Cavs were plus 12 when Stevens on the court. And then finally, Chetty Osman was, had 11 points, 3 of 7 from 3-point land, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, so no real huge night. I mean, Colin Sexton had 29 points, but the Hawks did a much better job on Colin in the second half. But these three-pointers were just so frustrating to watch, and Again, the Cavs are not a good shooting three-point team. In fact, they are the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. But when you give NBA players wide open space and you don't contest, it's a different ball game, okay? And the Hawks just did not contest enough. And uh, in fact, at the end of the game, the Cavs were getting as open three-pointers as they did at the beginning of the game. Again, the Cavs opened the game shooting seven, made seven of their first eight three-pointers. Then they closed the game, making five of their last six three-pointers. Um, the, those last six, uh, Windler makes a wide-open three-pointer in the corner. Chetty Osman misses a contested three-pointer. Isaac Okoro, corner three, wide open again. That's the shot where no Hawk was in within five feet. Then Windler makes another three-pointer. Mays has kind of a late contest on him. Skyler Mays has a late contest on him. Then Windler makes a corner three-pointer where Rondo's getting back out to him, but Windler's already hit a few threes on that. And then Colin Sexton hits a wide-open three-pointer. And that's the five of the last six. And it, that that wasn't really an outlier. The Hawks really weren't contesting that many um, threes. They, they got their hands up in a few of them. But uh, overall, the Hawks were – you know, content to let the Cavs shoot three-pointers, and, and it ended up costing them. Um, if you look at the rest of the stats, the Hawks out-rebounded the Cavs 41-36. to 36. Um, They had more steals than the Cavs. They had 10-7 to seven steals. They outscored the Cavs in the paint 44-42. to 42. Um, The Cleveland's bench just really dominated, had 40 points compared to the Hawks' 25 points. Uh, but it just didn't didn't really matter, and that three-point shooting really carried the Cleveland Cavaliers to this win. The Hawks have no time to really think about this game. Hopefully they get Cam Reddish back. Hopefully they get John Collins back. But they play Boston, who also lost a brutal game uh, last night to the Dallas Mavericks in similar fashion. Luka Doncic hit uh, back-to-back threes in the under a minute to go to help the Mavs beat the Celtics. But both teams are coming into Atlanta off back-to-backs and traveling, so it should be a very interesting game. I would imagine that Kemba Walker does not play for the Celtics. He has not played in back-to-backs for the Celtics this season. And so we'll see if the Hawks are able to turn around, forget about this really tough loss, you know, brutal loss in a winnable game, and can focus and knock off a Celtics team that really dominated them in the second game of that, uh, you know, two-game series in Boston. But tough loss. I think the hardest part is just it's a winnable game on the road, and the Hawks were unable to finish it. But, uh the Hawks should be able to, you know, ride the ship before the All-Star game and hopefully get a win tonight against the Boston Celtics. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. And if you can let any of your Hawks friends 
or any NBA fan friends know about the podcast, that's a huge help. Go Hawks.